0: So we thank you, Lord, for giving us this great, great covenant that we have. It's never-ending. It's eternal. It covers every area of need that's perceived and not perceived. So we thank you that you've taken care of everything, Father. We bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, we're going to talk some about God's comfort um, because I think um, we, we really need to understand uh, and probably get new insight and perhaps a new definition of the word comfort because it's, um, it's not a physical um thing or a soulish thing god's comfort it can minister to the soul but we need to understand what god wants to do with us and for us um i can think you know when you're a baby um you have no language to express your needs and wants except one the universal language is loud as it you know loud as it can get and uh, we know that human beings can become conditioned because uh when a mother is is you know the baby is new and and you know mother is there and they know that 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 alarm <laughs> means something's wrong, and they check the baby and, and see what what the baby needs and put them back down when they're all comforted and everything. And and so there's a sense in human beings that we can demand comfort. You got me. We think we can demand it, and we can demand reassurance. This, this is something that's kind of central in all human beings. The the desire to demand comfort. As the baby gets a little older, something happens because we begin to see, and, and this is something you, people who have studied behavior and, and you know, people who study human conditioning and uh, Pavlov and people like that who studied how people respond and trigger mechanisms and so forth and so on, we begin to understand that after a while baby doesn't want a bottle or to be changed. They want to be picked up. So mother begins to pick up on the fact that baby is demanding what we call attention. <laughs> so now we got a new problem. You know we've got a baby that's given us mixed messages. Sometimes they need something really and sometimes they just want to be held. But we see that there is a, a legitimate need for comfort and reassurance but that in the human without the spirit of God it's always extreme see it's always extreme it gets to be such an issue sometimes in some households that you will see one child running the whole household based on their tantrums and desire for comfort reassurance or attention It's hard to know which one they're asking for. And so when we come into Christ, that whole issue gets resolved. Now you've got to look at coming into the knowledge of God as resolving all issues. There are no issues anymore. Mm Hmm. We are loosed from our infirmities when we meet Christ. You got me? We're loosed already. We don't need a special uh, situation to loose us from our weaknesses. We're, We're loosed from them already. You've been disconnected from the the dictates of the flesh you don't have to obey the dictates of the flesh anymore and so we will find that we as we grow older we are grossly discouraged from demanding attention aren't we so and it's the same way in God's kingdom <laughs> we get grossly discouraged from demanding attention it's called maturity and god wants us mature for one specific purpose and that is so that he can give us our inheritance that's far different from what mama did and daddy did they just put you down when you you kept trying to get picked up because you like being picked up because you like that closeness and you like that comfort so you whine to be picked up and you got too heavy to carry they just let you whine and they left you there and you decided, well, I guess I will walk after all <laughs> you know. left. I'm coming. <laughs> My legs are short, but I'm coming. You know, that kind of thing. And and so and and see, onlookers think you're being mean. You're always gonna get two opinions about anything you do. It's either appropriate or inappropriate. So the parent that won't respond to the wailing child or something like that is thought to be well they don't care that well you just need love and you need this and you need that but you need to respect that there is a time for maturity for all. I remember Joyce Meyer saying that that uh, she had, I think, their last child had a hard time uh, letting go of. I think she breastfed her children to a certain point, and then they had a bottle at night or so. I don't know, but anyway, she was saying that this child just really would just cry, wanting. To have a bottle or have a pacifier or something, she said. Dave was really adamant; he didn't want the kids having anything after a certain age. And you could hear the <laughs> silent gasps. <laughs> half of the women probably thought it was okay, and the other half, <gasps> well, who does Dave think he is? And that's the mother's job to disarray you. You know what I'm saying? And so you'll get. Varied opinion when it comes to issues like comfort, maturity, uh, uh, discipline, uh, that kind of stuff. You'll get varying opinions about those issues. But we need to understand that God's idea of comfort has less to do with physical and fleshly aspects of comfort and has to do more with the spirit man coming into his maturity so when we talk about God's comfort his comfort is aimed at maturing us spiritually so that we can receive what we need we have no idea what we need or how to pray most of the time. So this is, is something you have to have a strong element of trusting God to know. When he's putting something in your life that's going to stretch you and, and that kind of stuff. That's, that's God's comfort. His comfort is to enforce his covenant in your life. That's number one with God. And so when we talk about him being the Holy Spirit being the comforter. We must understand that he is not there as mama was to pick us up when we cry. He's not there to pet us when we don't feel good. And he's not there to keep you in a weakened condition and let you think it's okay to remain like that. See, there's a different, you've got to totally revolutionize your thinking about the word comfort, or you won't get this. God will be mean to you again. Or, you know, my mother, you know, I, I suck my thumb because, you know, well, my teeth stick out in the front because I suck my thumb because they took me off the bottle too soon. Oh, you liar. Right. right. <laughs> you got me i mean all of this because i didn't get enough comfort that's that's you know that's what pop psychology tells us it's all about who didn't do something for you at some critical time and if that were true how on earth did you ever get saved and what's salvation for it was so crucial for you to get picked up 15 times a day when you were nine months old how did you what's salvation going to do for you? Is that not more important? Is that not going to do more for you now? And, and maybe there's a different level we need to think on if we're really thinking about what God's after in us. And so that the 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 fact that God sent a comforter to us should let you know that your success, your well-being Are very important to God. You have a 24 hour custodian living on the inside of you. To make sure you stay spiritually strong and healthy. So the idea of the personal trainer came a long time ago. You know the devil always steals concepts. So the Holy Spirit is our personal trainer. God was able to release the Holy Spirit because of two things that he did. And that is he made an oath and a promise. And that enabled him to release the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit as the comforter is the one who gives us. What Hebrews 11 speaks of is a Hebrew, no, Hebrews 6 speaks of as strong consolation. So that word strong should let you know something about how God responds to you in your time of need. He responds to you in a way that brings you strength and not weakness. Human comfort either weakens us or gives us permission to remain weak and defeated by life's troubles let's say it again human comfort either weakens us or gives us permission to remain weak and defeated by life's troubles when trouble comes we do need an answer The answer that God gives will always give us faith to overcome. Whenever God speaks to you. And you cry out to him in your time of trouble. His answer will give you faith to overcome whatever that is that opposes you. Because that's the only way he thinks about trouble. In John... 16.33 16 33. Jesus has told them all things that are going to happen to them after he goes. And he tells them, he says when they when he departs, but he says, another comforter will come, and that comforter will bring them strong consolation. He also tells them that in the world they will have trouble but to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world so when he says he sends a comforter to bring you strong consolation that means you will be strengthened to overcome not weakened to stay where you are it's a problem with people it's a problem with people because I've seen I've watched it in churches for years People come up and want prayer and they're either grilled to ask if there's sin in their life which is one form of, of uh, soulish counsel or they're petted up and told that God's going to do it and just be patient or you know something else there's no dynamic there to overcome there's no power there there's no strength of the gifts of the spirit there's nothing there to break that hold of that disappointment that trouble on a person's life and so people are left without an answer without a strategy Without empowerment to overcome. See when you come to the altar. You don't need somebody putting you off another. Telling you it's going to be okay. And just give it some time. And uh 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 uh. -uh. No. You don't give the devil time. He'll wreck your life. But you need strong consolation. You need to uh, have an answer. That enforces your covenant. That puts your covenant back in its proper place in your life that establishes you so that you can go forward you need that you don't need somebody telling you what they went through when they had something just like that because that's not going to get you out of it it's not going to take your pain away the fact that somebody else that just reinforces what Jesus said he says these things are common to man you don't need nobody to come and tell you that again but you need an answer that will put your covenant in force. That will put the oath and the promise right in the center of your difficulty and your trouble and your mess. That's what you need. And so when Jesus left us here, he left us with that understanding that he would not leave us comfortless. That means that word comfort means without somebody strong on our side to help us get out of trouble what that means it doesn't mean somebody to come and pet us up and tell us that that it's okay to further wreck your life or let the devil stay there and and continue to wreck it because he will you let him stay there long enough and he'll get us he's trying to get a foothold in there and pretty soon it'll start to reinforce a stronghold in you that needs to be broken a lot of time trouble comes to get us to face things on the inside of us that are weak. And it's true. It'll always expose weakness. I'll tell you two things that expose weakness, like nothing else: trouble and good times. <laughs> they both have the same power to wreck our lives. That's why the Bible talks about doing things in moderation. Be temperate in all things. Self-control in all things. Because excesses to one extreme or the other will wreck your life. I've seen people have poverty and then come into a a paycheck really what it is. And blow the whole thing because they're so excited to have it. And they don't pay their bills. And then swear they don't have enough to pay their bills. when, When you had it and had it all you didn't do what you should have done with it and so both extremes and you'll find people who live like that will stay in poverty more than they do in excess wonder why Huh? because the devil wants to keep us in poverty one always leads to the other any extreme that you do will lead you to loss and lack so when trouble comes we need an answer the answer God gives will always give us faith to overcome. Trouble comes to cloud our vision so that we so our faith doesn't work. If you take the time to be disappointed about something, you've neutralized but you put your faith over in a corner somewhere and you have no faith to go through and, and solve that problem until you get that this out of the way. If you're discouraged if you, you've you had a disaster anything with a DIS in front of it if you remain in that mindset your faith is put on hold somewhere and you don't have because righteousness is what you need to stand in to maintain your faith so that your faith will work and get you out of your trouble. So the devil likes to keep you in that mindset where your faith is way over here somewhere, and you can't use it because you choose to hold on to some emotion that makes you feel kind of important because you you know this is happening to you, and that's that's all there is to it. It's a, a form of pride, you know, lifting up. You know, you you see some people. I worked in healthcare when I was younger, and you know I uh, would you know women always were at the gynecologist. You know. I lived there. And most women did. My age. You know. You come in there. That's your your doctor. That's your general practitioner. And I think to myself. I said. My goodness. (laughs) To live. To have lived like that. You know. To know God now. And know you don't have to. Just be defined by your reproductive parts. You know what I'm saying. I mean it's just really stupid. When you think about it. But. And there were women that came there, they, they would come two, three times a year. You know, once wasn't enough. There was a, and they had a list of things and they'd sit there and complain and complain and complain. The doctors that had the biggest practice were the ones that just sat there and listened. <laughs> if you had a doctor that said, well, let me look at this. Ah, that's nothing. You know, they mean. He's mean. He's mean. Well, your husband won't let you sit there and whine like that. Come on now so you think if you pay this guy he's got to sit there and listen to this nonsense and so <laughs> i don't know how i got over there but there are some people who make a living or a reputation or a lifestyle of getting attention through their complaint you can't get in a conversation with some people you tell them something they take it over and it all of a sudden it's about them and so we have to watch that kind of pride because all it does is call the devil it's just ringing his number you know 911 to Satan so he can come and and operate on your words he loves that kind of stuff and so you know in the Psalms it says I made my complaint to God you got me and you don't need a whole lot of words because he already knows what's going on and he's not going to sit there and let you talk about so he's not a gossip So you better get it short, tell him what you need and get braced for receiving it when it comes. Because he'll certainly send you the answer. So overcomers need strength. They don't need permission to quit or take a time out. You don't need that. The Holy Spirit only gives overcoming comfort and that is strong consolation. Overcoming comfort. Is strong consolation. So he will reassure you that that thing is going to come to pass. He will tell you again, he'll put a peace on the inside of you that that's still active, that's still an active prayer. No, your shenanigans didn't goof it up forever. We still are going to do that and get you in a spot where you can do that now. And now that you got the drama out of your system, let's get to down to business. So instead of allowing you to fall he stands you back up huh? and allows you to lean on him. Mm-hmm. You ever see people who are being trained to walk who have been paralyzed. They have every aid there to get them on their feet. Everything. Everything you know they parallel bars they have braces they have uh, overhead hoists because the goal is to get you walking you can't walk if you're sitting down now and you can't walk if you're lying down and if you never get out of that chair you will not walk and so and people are tired and they sweat and they keep and you know and the ones who are determined move past the weakness the sweat the feeling sorry for themselves the Pain, all that stuff they move past that and dig for something deeper inside of them that's going to get them to overcome even their weakened flesh that may be weakened because of a real physical problem Christians get upset because we don't have all the money in the world to spend you know because we tithe we think we're supposed to have everything you know immediately or sooner and so God gives us then the power to overcome by upholding us so that we can continue on the journey he upholds you with the right hand of his righteousness so you can continue on the journey not so you can just say how bad you feel you know he knows how bad you feel if that were a real issue he'd let you sit but he gets you up and gets you back moving again why does he do that because if you stay there the devil will kill you huh first he'll rob you steal first huh? then he'll kill you then you destroy you your family He he never stops so you're not going to stay there in a weakened condition and allow him to come and overtake you I was uh, telling Miss Juana about <coughs> our uh, Wounded Warrior Project. You know, I was trying to think of a way to to help pray for the troops that are returning from from their deployments, and especially for their finances, and that they find jobs and get rehab. And so I was thinking, I, I uh, went ahead out of my personal money and and, and became a, a donor for the Wounded Warrior Project. And they sent us this nice blanket. It's in Cleveland because I I use, usually have the artifacts there because they're more people there and they but they'll bring it to the monthly meeting but it shows a soldier one man carrying somebody who cannot walk to get him off the battlefield to restore his life again you got me and so this is the way i feel the holy spirit does for us and more he strengthens us he he If we fall down he yanks us back up again and gets us on our feet so that you don't get the taste of what it's like to quit. He doesn't want you getting that taste back inside of you. Because if we stay down then we'll start to remember what we used to live like and you start making wrong choices. Then you'll choose to live the way you've always lived in the flesh and he wants us to get that out of our system. So the Holy Spirit is our strength when we're at our weakest point he gives us the most strength so you may find yourself doing and saying things in your time where you thought you needed comfort you find that you're comforting somebody that's because he did that for you and he's showing you that you don't have to stay there like that he's got more for you. You got me? And so you're to draw from that and expect that to continue. Do you hear what I said? Expect that to continue. Don't expect yourself to just, well that was one time and I had to do that and God was on me to do it and go back and get weak again. You expect that to continue. Yeah God I like that I like not having to mope and whine and sing the blues and all that kind of stuff and you know I like that I like having that uh, that life in my soul I like the energy of the Holy Spirit on me and and in me so I need that there are times when that wears off and you're back in your normal self again but praise God he can get you out of it again you know you understand me so he is our strength strength comes through us as we yield to the power within we overcome the forces that are seeking to defeat us remember there's always a devil out there who wants you to fall into the snare he wants you there when we have trouble it is normal you got to you can't ever think of yourself I'm the only one who's gone well they didn't have all this piled up on them like I got piled up on me it's normal to have trouble you' you're not going through anything extraordinary so even those thoughts come from the gates of hell who look at you I mean you know they don't have this and so and so don't have that you oh, you're not them you don't compare yourself to other people in your life you compare yourself to Christ and he was the overcomer. So the way we respond can be merely normal. That is it can be human. Or it can be supernatural. Through the overcoming power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Ernest Angley. They say um, um, he was married to a woman by the name of Angel. They were married early. Like in his 20's or something like that. And, and uh they were just very much in love with one another, and he traveled a lot. And he he said that there he was he was um, talking to her once, and she told him she said she said I got the feeling I'm not going to be here. I'm going to leave or something like that. And he he said oh she, he told her he said oh lady you'll never leave me. You jump in my pajamas when I'm gone. You know, kind of, oh, you're brother Ainsley and she passed away i'm not sure what it was that that happened to her but she knew well in advance and and um <clears throat> and they said that he was just overcome with grief and he told god he said you've got to do something for me you know which of course got was there to do it for him, but he opened himself up to receive what God had, and after that, he had a totally supernatural ministry. The, you know that power of the Holy Spirit where he's woo and woo people. They, they, you know what I'm saying. They're they're totally consumed by the Comforter. Okay, he's not only comfort but strength. You got me, because when you can go out and you can touch and heal people, I remember people. Would go there, um, cigarette. I mean, it was a big deal, cigarette smoking and wanting to get rid of it. And you see all those packs of cigarettes on the floor. That was his thing. You step on them and you won't smoke anymore. And tons of people. I remember, uh, Larry had a younger, my brother in law, Larry pastor Shirley's husband had a younger brother that passed away in his 20's of cancer but they had taken him and the mother and and aunt had taken him over Ernest Angley's to be healed and so they all came back they said "Well, we don't smoke no more I know that much (laughs) huh because those cigarettes left brother the minute you know and if you're needing something from God and he offers you something even close you receive that and from that day on nobody in that family smoked anymore they all got free of their cigarettes and so this is something that it's an empowerment thing folks it's when we're weak he comes to us with something exceeding abundantly beyond what we were really wanting you know right. he's like well i didn't really want that but it's cool you know <laughs> i like it <laughs> and so that's a response we need to have to god when he offers us his strong consolation it's it's wonderful. Now when Jesus was on the earth he was a comforter. Yes. And what did he do? He didn't give pity parties and tell people it's okay to live defeated. He didn't do anything like that. Or blame it on your family life, your lack of, your excess of, or whatever you thought you had. So in the day of the comforter, he says, you will know That the Father and I are one. How will you know that? Because the oath and the promise have come together in the person of the Holy Spirit to give you strong consolation. You ever wonder why Christians remain Christians. They'll backslide. Come back to church. uh, Go into the world. Come back to God. Do all those things. They can't get away. Can they? And it's because of the way our covenant is sealed. It's, it, it goes back to what's in our covenant. huh? In Hebrews chapter 6. Why don't you turn over there for a while. Because we, we really need to get an understanding. Because you know I've been called mean ever since I've been in ministry. <laughs> Because I don't get in my soul to help take care of things. If that makes me mean we have to talk to God about it and get somebody straightened out. But I've never accepted weakness because when he delivered me from it. It was such an overpowering thing in my life. I vowed never to go back that way. So when you turn your back totally on your old life you walk into the new. And you get empowered. You know people whining about you know and so and so left me. My gosh that's been how many years ago. You you, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, Who did you find when they left you? Didn't God give you something when they left? Well yeah I'm saved but. Don't give me but. Don't give me I'm saved but. Please don't give me but when you talk about anything about what God's given you. Because whatever he's given you it's more than sufficient succeeding abundantly beyond all you could ask or think if you get with the program you know if you want to just be a whiner go someplace else when you're ready to get delivered come back I'm here for you but I'm not here to hear a lot of nonsense like that because it's an offense to God it really is so in Hebrews chapter 6 in verse 13 for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself he said I'll take the fall for this he said I'll guarantee this and he says surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you surely is a covenant term it means it's secured by collateral it's secured by another life where God says Abraham if I fail to do this for you I'm the performer you're just the obedient one all you got to do is obey me and I perform got me and you got to be clear on what God expects of you you can be clear on the conditions of your covenant you can't guess at it and say well I did it a couple of times and that should work you know he wants commitment just like he's committed and so I tell people if you're going to serve God if you're whining about what he commands for you today you will really be upset tomorrow because it's going to be more he doesn't require less as his children mature he requires more don't you expect more out of your grown kids and so he requires more as we mature because we've been given so much to whom much is given much is required so then, Abraham, verse 15, after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. You see, you underline verse 15 and, you know, make some copies of it, Xerox it, whatever you do, uh, write it in, in bold letters on your ceiling. Patiently endured what? The waiting period. The seed time before the harvest. Huh? Abraham's walking around obeying God. On a daily basis doing whatever God expects you to do. Be fair in your business dealings. Treat your servants right. Take care of your wife and your household. Offer God your offerings. Get to the altar and worship God like you've always been doing. And, and in patiently enduring you receive the promise. Now there was a point where Abraham did not patiently endure. And he brought forth Ishmael. so this patiently endure is very important to inherit folks this is the part people skip over because they number one they don't want to endure that word endure is a turn off to most people they just won't won't see that what do you mean endure how long what do you mean you don't want to bite the word off the page and so impatiently means that you step out in the flesh and try to create something and call it god well, we all do things like that. You know, you you're tired of waiting on him to bring the husband back, so you go kidnap him or so, I don't know, go take him down the basement, beat him up or something, put him back on the street, <laughs> make him think somebody else did it, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever shenanigans you think will work in your situation, that's what we do, huh? And we try them, and they don't bring forth what we want. And so you got to quit and go back to the drawing board and repent and realize that was not God telling me to do that. That was my impatient flesh trying to produce something that looks like and smells like and talks like the promise. But it ain't the promise. You know it and God knows it. Hmm. You know it and God knows it. And so if you really have asked God for something. He has guaranteed that you will receive that with an oath and a promise. And that releases to us strong consolation. You release that, that releases someone into your life to help you patiently endure. With Abraham it was a vision. The stars in the sky cannot be counted for number nor the sands on the seashore cannot be counted for number. So when Abraham wasn't in a place where there was a beach he could always look up and see how many children he'd have. So that was his sign of the covenant to give him strong consolation. Because it was sealed with an oath and a promise. He says here 16 for men truly swear by the greater. In other words if I'm in covenant with Mr. Gary and he's got more money than I do. I know that when I run out he's got some. So we're swearing against his finances for our financial security. Amen. When it comes to cooking meals I secure that. Yeah, you know, if I'm feeling up to it, don't don't take nothing for granted up here, Ig. But you understand what I'm saying. So wherever you have the strength, that's what secures the the integrity of those two lives. We know we'll always eat because I can always cook, and we know that we'll always be able to pay the bills because he has the the money storehouse. That's how covenants go. So we swear by the greater. The greater's always God in our situation. Amen. And an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife. So after me and G shake hands on it. Then it's a done deal. We don't have to dicker anymore. We don't have any confusion about who's going to do what anymore. It's all written down. It's all spelled out. And we shake on it and that oath of confirmation ends the striving. So we don't have to fight over who does what problem with modern marriages is nobody's being responsible for anything anymore and women turn their noses up at cooking and cleaning and and men i don't know poor men are so confused they don't even know which way to turn some of them they don't know what to do to open the door or slam it you know the rappers everybody's a b and a h word you know this shows you how confused Men are about who women say they are. They don't have their identity straightened out. But when you come into covenant, everything's spelled out and spelled out clearly. Isn't that a blessing? That no matter who you're married to, what age and era you live in, you can always go to God and have some security in life because everything's spelled out with Him. He says, We're in God willing more abundantly to show To the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. So that means that God's. if, if you ever have a question about whether God loves you. God why am I going through this? He's more abundantly willing to show you. Because he'll send the Holy Spirit to help that weakness. You know things happen to people and they go nuts. They think Christians are supposed to have it easy all the time. When my Bible says you'll have trouble in the world. You live here it's going to be problems. And then they're shocked when something happens that's a problem. I say that's promised to you just like your overcoming is promised to you. The problem is, is part of a promise as well. Who do we think we are? You know, we need to toughen up. We can't just sit around and let the devil walk all over us, tell us anything, get mad at God, and think we're going to live like that. You're not going to live like that. He'll come along to put the other shoe on your neck. You lay there long enough and he'll show you what he'll do for you. And so we have, and God is willing, abundantly willing to show us that he means what he says. He's not mad at you if you come back to him and ask him to confirm something or to encourage you in some way. He's not mad at you about that. He's willing more abundantly to show you his, when he told you he was going to give it to you 10 years ago, that didn't change. I don't care if you haven't been doing everything you're supposed to do. He didn't change his mind. Why'd you change yours? He says it was impossible for God to lie because of these two things. The immutability. His mind is held in by the fact that he promised it to you. That's his verbal. And the oath is sworn against his life. That's the spiritual. And that releases the Holy Spirit to govern over those promises. And when you get weak concerning the promises of God and you want to faint and give up and you don't think he comes and he picks you back up again. He doesn't tell you I understand. Because he don't. He don't understand weakness. And I tell you from experience. He don't understand weakness. And so it was impossible for. It's impossible for God to lie. Why walk away from his promises. The best. Pull them out of the trunk. We got too many promises buried in there. That we've given up on. And we're mad about it. You know you say you don't want it anymore. But you do. Pull them out of there. Ask the Holy Spirit to breathe new life on them. Bring them back to you. And He gives a strong consolation. Now that word—that the word consolation really means—it's the same root as the word comforter, the Holy Spirit. It means comfort or solace, entreaty. It means somebody who will plead with you to get in your right mind. It means to be at hand. Somebody who's right there. How about living in you? It means prompt. It means something put down alongside of. So if you think about it in the sense that God has made you a promise. And the consolation comes As something that's put down alongside of the promise to guarantee it will come to pass. It's a down payment. It's collateral. It's something that can be pulled. You can pull against this in case that promise fails. That's what God's saying so in case you see the promise slipping away you pull pull alongside the holy spirit you pull against what his reserve of strength his reserve of wisdom his reserve of knowledge and understanding you pull against that and he's right there with you to draw from that you don't have to fast and pray for 15 days to get an answer you ain't gonna do that no way you don't sit up and pout and whine and moan and, and expect god to answer on that and he's not gonna do it so you might as well pull alongside the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you. And mean it. When he comes with your answer. Accept it and receive it. It has the, the, the word consolation means security and trust. It also means to cover and to hide. When things are too much for you. God knows it. He'll cover you and he'll hide you. That word strong means mighty. Powerful. Valiant. That word valiant has to do with the last man standing. I mean when this whole world is over the Holy Spirit is going to be hovering and looking. So who's left that I can help. It means to prevail. To do much work. So you don't have somebody living inside of you who's going to let you quit. Are you kidding me? He's there to help you prevail. Yeah, I tell people that you know, if if we knew the power of the Holy Spirit to help us overcome things, we wouldn't whine about we can't quit this. And we can't and we can't help that. And I just don't know what to do and all that. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, absolutely not. That's not what we have. It's not what we have. That word strong means to do much work. Ooh, that'll scare some people. It also means to be whole. You know what the, the, that phrase to be made whole means? It's a legal term. Actually, it's a legal term that's in force in most judicial systems throughout the world. I mean, international judicial has a corner of their goal is, is to, to have everyone be made whole when you litigation the the end product of all litigation is that the complainant be made whole and that means to be returned to the state that they were in before this incident that whatever happened happened to them now there's only so far any legal system can go to do that you got me before I before I had that accident that, that that trucker caused I didn't have nightmares. I wasn't afraid to drive my car. How are they going to make you whole from that? Well and can give you money but no I'm still afraid and I still don't want to drive. <laughs> what can you do for that? so the be made whole doctrine even though it's a doctrine of the legal system can only go so far and after a while the sums of money the only thing they know to make restitution is money or things and after a while they have to cut that off because there's legitimately only so much money you can take from somebody to try to make another person whole after you've exceeded the dollar amount that it cost them if that accident took your legs they can't give you new legs. Now they can give you prosthetics but they can't give you back. So that doctrine even though it's a goal it's never attained in the natural. But it can be in the spirit. It can be in the spirit. The Holy Spirit will assure that you are made whole of everything that the enemy stolen. If you will let him help you pursue those things. We're always afraid it's gonna cost us something. We're always gonna afraid it's gonna be too hard, it's gonna take too long, it's getting we get exaggerated ideas in our mind about you know, we always assume God's not faithful, He's not being honest, because it's always gonna hurt us more than it's gonna help us if we step up to the plate. It's always the thing. So you have to put your carnal mind on the back burner and let the Holy Spirit totally take over. So God is a God of consolation. He's the God who makes us whole. And Jesus would ask people that. He would, what he was saying was, I'm your comforter. I'm the one who's here with power to restore everything. Will you let me do that? You have to get, he has to get our permission to make us whole again. So many times people refuse the things of God because they don't see that as being what they really need but you got to trust him that he knows exactly what you need God's covenant really is enough for us it really is enough so in, in consolation the Holy Spirit is our strong consolation in times of grief or loss he's there to embrace us and we can become one with him and thereby take on his strength. The, the, the overriding concept here is that the person take on the strength of God when he's our comforter. So get the idea out of your head. Comfort is somebody who can pick you up and get you whole again. Get you strong again. Get you to the place where you were before this incident happened to you. And take you beyond that, mm-hmm. one of the things that I had to learn is that when God takes you when you go through something with God, the after effect is a uh, a state in your mind and in your being that those things cannot hurt you anymore right Now, when you go through things in the natural. The opposite happens you're afraid of those because they hurt you before and you feel more vulnerable but in God the more you go through the stronger you get actually now the world has a thing that they're trying to say what doesn't kill you makes you strong so stupid. Because you invite the devil to bring trouble in your life that way. When you go through with God, it, it's God's. Des- it has to be God's design. You don't pick out things to do to strengthen yourself. These things are done by God's design. Listen, if we could all pick it, we'd be all sitting on a hammock somewhere on the beach, pass out a track or two when you feel guilty that you're having such a lazy day but you know we we have to understand that God he designs the things that happen in our life to strengthen us sometimes we start out too weak you got me and and he needs to strengthen us And get us to the place where we're accustomed to leaning on the Holy Spirit. More than leaning back into our own resources. And trying to do things under our own power all the time. Because it will hurt us eventually. I know sometimes I, I told somebody I said I went through a year or a couple of years like that. I said my life was like a comedy of errors. I said if I had. If I would, if it would not happen to me, I could sit back and really laugh about it because it was such a joke. All the, the you know trouble things that came to me, all in one season. But I realized that God had to get rid of, eliminate some weakness in me, and do it quickly. You hear what I say? He has to eliminate it quickly. Even though we want a breather between each trial, don't we? <laughs> And we want a breather so that we can get back in the natural again. And see if he doesn't want that. He will design these situations to come so that we we, uh, condition ourselves to continually leaning on the Holy Spirit. Because we have no choice. So you either do that or you die. And so you can't you can't argue with God's plan for your life because we don't have the wisdom to know what's coming you know or or the kind of world we're going to live in you know you look at the people that don't know God and in, in the anger and the venom and the hatred and the persecution that the degree of hatred they have for Christians now, uh, you gotta be strong just to pass out a tract and survive. I remember back in the day when I was first saved. You know my girlfriend and I would go to the mall and we'd talk to the people about the Lord. And most everybody was polite. You get an angry one every now and then. But now everybody's ticked off about something. See? And they don't want God in schools, And they want to call the police on you if you want to pray for them. And help them out of their difficult Even though they're in trouble. They see their rights to not have God as being more important than humbling themselves. And let God get them out of some trouble. So we have a difficult world here. to to convert to the ways of God and so we need to be strong in the things of God you're going to have to dig for a word you're going to have to dig for empowerment and you're going to have to learn how to stay in the zone with God so that he can you can pull from him and you can get ideas from him because the devil will constantly be slapping you out of your spot huh Offending you telling you stuff spitting on you all that kind of stuff enemy will do to keep the gospel away or the truth away from people and so there are times when we may feel that we're going to be overcome by our difficulties but that is not true because we have strong consolation by the comforter the holy spirit who knows everything he knows the plan of god for us and if we will abide with him and will stay with him and not give up on on reaching out to god then we'll be able to see what god's doing you can't see it until you start experiencing it There's something about faith that once you start experiencing what God wants you to get out of these situations. That's when you start to understand. You understand it once it starts to manifest in your life through your obedience. So we said Jesus was on the earth. He was the comforter. He was the one that was nearby that they could draw strength from people did not follow Jesus and remain weak they didn't follow him and remain sick they didn't follow him and remain blind they didn't they were made whole as they followed him and so we have to understand that his goal is to make us as new creatures as strong in the inner man as he can you cannot get too strong in your inner man As the comforter, Jesus helped humanity through teaching, preaching, and empowering believers. He taught, he preached, and he empowered believers. We know that Jesus carried a treasury for the poor, but that never seemed to be in the forefront of his ministry. you understand what I'm saying so if if, say if you have a choice between teaching preaching and empowering and giving money to somebody in need you go here first this always goes first he tells us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel because if Bartimaeus was blind one day could see the next trust me he wouldn't got him a job That brother begging for money all the time. And the day comes you don't have to do that anymore. That's the first thing you're on. And so most humanity when they're relieved and alleviated of difficulty and trouble. And are strengthened on the inside. Then they go with the strength and they can continue on with a normal plan for their lives. So Jesus taught, preached and empowered believers. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? that always comes first not saying we don't help the poor but i can tell you one thing if you put the gospel first they don't come to your door too much and i've found that to be true you know we'll have people sometimes that are just not there but oftentimes people in this country have resources they're abusing them you know, we find that a lot. We find that people are, are, um, either on drugs or something where they're abusing whatever finances they have and so they want to come and beg and it's always good to give food rather than money. You always get somebody as I gotta pay a bill or I gotta get some of this. They want their hands on money so that they can take, take that money and do other things with it. But I'm, I'm a firm believer that when they come, if there's service going on, you don't interrupt the service to go and cater to the need of someone because God knew they were coming. If, if we, we had to take time to, to cater to them, they, he wouldn't have sent them when the service is going on. So he'll send them doing service times because they need the word. If they'll sit under the word and receive the word, then they will give up that life. Trust me, the word's that powerful they'll they'll give up that that life um star parker is a a woman uh she's in politics out in california but she has had a ministry she started out uh with a ministry you know that magazine we have events for christians well she started one in california years ago and this is how she got there she was uh a a single mother who had had four abortions or three abortions, and she was living off welfare. she got into California's system where you could it was easy for you to get food stamps they let you live with four roommates so there was four other women and that how she was living in they all had babies and stuff and she said that she went there she worked at a store she would get uh, welfare and work under the table at some kind of little store she was working at and there were a couple young men that worked there at the store with her who were Christians and they invited her to church and she had gone a couple times but she wasn't serious about it and didn't go back And but she said somehow on the inside she when she got pregnant the fourth time she decided she wasn't going to get an abortion she would have the baby because she just getting tired. Of of that life and things were God was dealing with her on her insides and so when she went and had the baby these two guys found out she was in the hospital came and visited her and she said they were the only visitors she ever had in all those times she was in the clinic to get abortions the baby daddy never went with her she said that she found out that their love was genuine and so when she got out she went to church with them they were going to fred price's church and she said that he preached one time and he looked straight into the audience and he said why are you on welfare and she said he seemed to be looking right at me and she said she decided she was gonna go down, get herself off welfare and whatever happened, happened. And she began to pray and 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 desire to have some type of a business and she started this advertising and printing thing that was was for churches. And the first client she had was Bishop Charles Blake, who is which Pentecostal churches that he has got out there which you know he's got a huge Pentecostal church and he she started advertising their events at their church and more people signed on and more signed on and, and from that she kind of grew into a public speaker she goes around and gives her testimony about how people are de- too dependent on government and, and all that kind of stuff and she's been able to totally turn her life around because when she was presented with truth yeah she could have used money but they gave her the gospel first and she realized that that what is much more important than trying to feed somebody for a day or two even though that's good to do but that won't solve anything what solves it is to get people under the authority of the word so god can strengthen them and get them beyond the beggar stage jesus did that with bartimaeus When he left Jesus he was strong. He was not a beggar anymore. So Jesus also relieved people of the burdens of life. By instructing them in the ways of the kingdom. These are permanent changes he wants to make in us folks. Not just a temporary something. But a permanent change. He gave them commands and then he empowered them to carry them out. Hmm? He empowered them to carry them out. In Luke chapter 9 if you'll go there. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils to cure diseases so he is strengthening us for service not just for talking to people and showing them how much scripture we know but strengthening them for service so that they can uh, to overcome disease and overcome devils he's strengthening them as overcomers that's what comfort from god does to you it makes you crazy on a devil and crazy on sickness That you don't tolerate either one of them. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. And to heal the sick. Gave them instructions. Live by faith. Don't take anything from. Don't take bread. Don't take money. don't (laughs) Don't take a weapon. Don't take nothing. That's living by faith folks. He said whatsoever house you enter. Stay there. And then after that you depart. If they don't receive you, go out of that city. In other words, go where you're received. If you're not received, don't stay there and argue with people. You you'll wind up getting in their camp. It's the first thing the devil likes. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing and how they do it. They have strong consolation they had the comforter they had the empowerment of the holy spirit not in the fullness that we have here but they had enough to obey the directions of of the of jesus and they could go out and do whatever he told them to do so you know god's comfort is that way folks it changes you you know it's not that the disciples didn't have difficulties they have the same problems we have could you imagine Peter's wife you going where to do what we got all these babies here who go who gonna catch fish how we going to live you going out there what you what uh-huh they're the same things we have persecuted the same way we are but yet they were adamant in obeying the master because they have finally found what they were called to do. They weren't just called to, to, I mean, people who have jobs are looking to retire. Are you kidding me? Do you think that's really that important, what you do for a living? Because you're called to so much greater things to do. That's, that's kind of like a secondary. Don't get, put that in the driver's seat of your life. Just let it stay in its proper place. But you know, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is there to empower us. So that we can go out and comfort others. You know you give them the same thing God gives you in these situations. You don't try to baby people and water the message down. And you know be all tactful and everything. You just give it the way the Holy Spirit gives it to you. And and get it out to where they can hear it. You know. I was thinking about uh, that message to Tiger Woods. I'm sure he's still thinking about that now. You got me? He's thinking, that man, well, that man really said that? He said that to me? I never heard anybody. See, everybody else wants to bow because he's Tiger Woods and tell him it's okay to be a Buddhist. And chant with him. So it, sometimes it takes believers who just want to do the right thing before God. You know, sometimes your big preachers won't be the ones to carry the message out there to everybody. But God can certainly put in an amount mouth and, and strengthen us to overcome See those words do more than we know. They're directed at Tiger Woods but that made, trust me, every liberal devil on television got nervous and upset when they heard that. Well I thought we'd scared them all off of television. I thought we'd put enough fear out here that they would never say anything like that. Think again because the comforter is there and he's not there to tell you to shut up and be tactful he's there to put a word in your mouth that'll explode when they hear it out there it will settle everything. So God wants to do that folks. He He really, really wants. That's the comfort he's talking about. It's not the old stuff. But it's, it's working. And that's the way God does it. He does it no other way. And he will comfort us. And get us back on our feet. So we can keep going for him. And never stop. Nonstop work for God. Amen. Father in heaven we thank you for giving us understanding. Enlightenment empowerment in the things that we need to be empowered in so we do thank you lord lord god of heaven and earth for helping us to understand your power and your ways and we bless you lord for strengthening us this day in jesus name amen praise god if anybody needs prayer come on up now and i'll pray for you praise god